adversary will kick when you're down. We understand? So we need to recognize that. So, but when we're, so when we're seeking to walk in faith and speak in faith and pray in faith, but then news and circumstances speak contrary to faith, the adversary will try to cause you to, he'll bring condemnation to you. It says, man, you don't have faith. Because doubt will try to bombard your mind. Does this make sense? And so, having faith does not mean you won't battle doubt. Let me make that clear, okay? Having faith does not, you know, sometimes we paint this picture that, well, if I have faith, I won't even deal with doubt. Well, the... Scripture tells us of the man that Jesus spoke to when he came with his request. And he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Right? The father who wanted his son to be prayed for. I, I believe, but I got these things coming that help my unbelief. And so, uh, anyway, uh, Brother Rigo and Sister Denise has tremendous faith. It's ministered to me. Him and I spent time on the phone on uh, Monday for a while and and we finished, and I was like, man, just talking with you is encouraging me. I'm edified as well. He was saying how much he appreciated the conversation. I'm like, man, it was edifying to me. There's the faith and the exchange that's taking place. And, and then we had uh, lunch together and spent some time on Tuesday. And, and uh, he was sharing with me the things that they're being told. And uh, so we were just praying. We have, he and I have this ongoing thing right now that's day by day. Day by day, today, he's the I am God. He's not the I will be or the I was. He's the I am. So today, we have faith for today. We operate in the present with God. And so, anyway, uh, we shared those things, and we were getting ready to pull out of the parking lot and go our separate ways. And I was sitting there, uh, and he comes back around. I'm like, oh, here he is again. And he jumps out of his vehicle. And he had just gotten a report that was very positive from his mom, contrary to what. And so there's these ups and downs in our faith that come and go, right? These ebbs and flows. And I made this statement. We, we continue to pray and we continue to pray in faith. We continue to believe and we believe in faith. And we hold to faith. That's what we do. Amen. Um, the scripture says, most of you can quote it, the scripture says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And everything we see tries to battle our faith. Faith is the substance of what we hope for. We need that to register in our spirit. It's the substance. I wish I had some substance to work with. Well, faith is the substance of what we hope for. I just, you ever said this? I just want a little evidence. Faith is the evidence. It's the evidence, right? 
And so I was praying the other day, and I said, Lord, I've got evidence. I've got evidence. Amen. And so we pray in faith. It's evidence. When you have faith for the impossible, you have evidence for the impossible. Amen. And so uh, I, I don't believe he'll mind me sharing these things. Um, they've told him more than once that his father is brain dead. Um, but then there are responses to the contrary. Because Brother Rigo was in the room praying and he began to talk to his dad. If you could hear me and begin to say some things to his dad. And his dad turned and opened his eyes and acknowledged to him. And so, and then yesterday, I don't even know what day we're on. This is Thursday. Tuesday, Tuesday after all the negative news, his mom was there in the room and speaking to her, his dad. And it, it, his mom's a testimony to me. She has not left that hospital since he's been in it. I just marvel. I just marvel. And uh, she was holding his hands, and she was praying as she knew how. And he began to squeeze her hands and respond. And the nurse happened to be in the room. The nurse came over, and he squeezed her hand. And the nurse asked a question regarding pain and wanting acknowledgement. And when she asked that, he squeezed her hand in acknowledgement. And so Brother Rigo was saying, that doesn't sound like someone that's brain dead to me. You're able and uh, you've heard me say it many times. Many people want to see a miracle, but no one wants to need one. And Brother Rigo's dad walking out of that hospital will be a miracle. It'll be a miracle. And so I'm asking us to pray together tonight. Um, for The Lord is working in so many situations through all this. Uh, I, I won't ruin the testimony by trying to share it. Uh, but just what God's doing in Brother Rigo, what he's doing in Sister Denise through all this, the depth of relationship with, with God that's growing in their life, the revelation that's happening there, um, the thing. The boldness that's coming upon them. I, I talked to Brother Rigo tonight uh, or this afternoon on the way to Ellensburg, and and uh, he was in meetings with doctors this morning, and he was telling me what he was responding to him. I'm like, man, that's the wisdom of God. That's the boldness of God. He just had clear thought. He had wisdom and response. He was and not unkind, not disrespectful, but very. And I'm like, man, that's the wisdom of God. And uh, so there is a testimony that is taking place through all of this. And the Lord knows, without a doubt, what he's doing. The Lord knows what he's doing. And so I'd like us to stand together. And I would like us to agree in prayer again. I know many of you are praying regularly. I just There's power in agreeing together. Amen. And so I want us to pray for Brother Rigo and Denise. The Lord continue to give them wisdom, his strength in them in, as they're walking this journey. 
physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and the hand of God to reach into his dad's body. And all of this, that God would be glorified. That God would be glorified. Jesus, we call upon your name that is above every other. We pray the sovereign work of your stripes, of your word, and the authority of your name. The ministry of your spirit, Lord, to Ricardo, to Rigo's dad and mom, Lord. Nothing is impossible to you. We hold our faith up as evidence tonight. Faith in you, God, who can do that which is impossible to men, that which is impossible to doctors, that which is impossible to medical science. To you it is possible, for you are God. You are the creator of mankind. You are able to shape from nothing. I pray the work of God in the life, the body of this man that is Rigo's dad, the opening of the spirit of his mom and dad to receive the word of God in truth and that you would be glorified and that many lives would be marked through this journey. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Oh, Lord, minister to our brother tonight. Minister to our sister, I pray. Strength and wisdom and grace. Let the anointing of God rest upon them. Let the glory of God tabernacle over them. Let your hedge, I pray, be about them. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, we agree together, Lord. You said if two or three would agree touching any one thing in your name, we'd have what we ask. We're not asking amiss, Lord. We're not asking amiss, but we're asking that you would be glorified. For your glory, Lord. For your glory, Lord. For your glory, Lord. Itama yesuri akaha sataha. Yelo bo santo reye mani ele maha. Re mashiete ye makiataha. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Itaba yetolo boko. Re mashiere le di arabakataha. Ne lobo sitie amanio lo sataye ararabaha recaio lo saneye pesuriataha in the brain in the throat in the body for the glory of God for the glory of God for the glory of God Send your word and heal him, I pray. Send your word and heal him, I pray. In Jesus' name. Ilamata 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We trust in you and we worship you, Father. We trust in you, Father. We trust in you, Father. Ikataye bosataye. Could we thank the Lord together right now? We give you thanks, Lord. We give you praise, Father. We give you glory, Father. We give you honor. To you and you alone, Jesus. To you and you alone, Jesus. Praise God. You can be seated tonight. You grab your Bible and go with me to the book of Ezekiel. Book of Ezekiel. Amen. We spoke last Thursday regarding the Lord putting a difference between clean and unclean. And we touched on some scripture of that. Um, I don't think we're going to talk about that tonight, but I, I felt to say this, and we may dig deeper at another time. It was mentioned at the closing of our time together last week. If you were not here, I'm asking you to please go back and look, listen to last Thursday night. You'll find it, and it's I think it's entitled Putting a Difference Between the Clean and Unclean is what we titled it. Um, the Lord intends that there's always a separation between his people and the world and a difference between clean and unclean. Uh, we talked about that at length. Um but only used a couple places in Scripture. There's plenty more. We won't take the time tonight. But we find in the New Testament that Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I give you authority over unclean spirits. And this is a plan of God for the people of God, that we would walk in authority over unclean spirits. Now, hear me. When Jesus was working in the earth, in his earthly ministry, and going, and he was used to heal the sick, raise the dead, preach the kingdom, cast out unclean spirits, there were those that accused him, and he said, by Beelzebub, he casts out devils, or by the prince of devils is how he casts out devils. And Jesus responded to them, and he said, If I, by Beelzebub, cast out devils, then who are your sons, your children? Who are they casting out devils? How are they doing it? 
But he said, if I by the Spirit of God or I with the finger of God cast out devils, then the Spirit of God is come unto you or the kingdom. He made this statement, a kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. We've heard that before, right? He was making that in reference to his dealing with unclean spirits. You with me? So we say, why is God dealing with us so much these last several weeks about separation, about holiness, about putting a difference between clean and unclean and all of these things? Because for him to give us authority in certain areas, he can't give us authority if we are fellowshipping that which he wants us to have authority over. I'll say that again. God cannot and will, it would be more accurate to say, God will not give you and I authority over things that we are fellowshipping. It's why the Apostle Paul said, What fellowship hath light with darkness? What fellowship hath concord with Belial? What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Paul was writing to the church, and he was addressing these issues in the church where the church had become, I believe it was the church at Corinth, they had... They were fellowshipping Hellenistic things or things from the Grecians that were, they were fellowshipping these things of the world, but they were part of the church. They had their foot in both parts. And he was asking them the rhetorical question what fellowship does light have with darkness? And the answer is very simple it doesn't. It doesn't. The scripture comes to mind where Jesus said, If thine eye be single, then thy whole body is full of light. And, I, and then he said, But if, I think I'm getting this right, if the light that is in thee is darkness, how great is that darkness? What was he saying? You can have light, but if you got a little bit of darkness, it's great darkness. Another place in Scripture, Jesus said, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Right? This idea that, well, I can fellowship. I don't fellowship darkness too much, just a little bit. I have tolerances. That's not tolerances. That's entertainment. It's entertaining unclean spirits. We need the Lord. See, why is the Lord dealing with us like this? Because he wants to use us. He wants to manifest his glory to the world. But if he manifests his glory to the world from people that aren't separated from the world, he sends a message of confusion, and God is not the author of confusion. And so, therefore, he seeks to separate us. 
It's his plan that we be separate, not just separated, to be separated, as we know, separated unto him. Holy unto him. And so all of this is because he's wanting to manifest himself through us. All right. It's critical that we recognize that it's at times we've made it about being separate just to be separate. No, 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 no. It's being separate unto him so that I'm postured for him to use me. Amen. And so he's wanting to do this. And so he's dealing with us about separation, holiness unto the Lord. And so for us to have authority over unclean spirits, we have to have the spirit of God deal with us in any area where we are entertaining or fellowshipping unclean spirits. And then as he reveals those, we have to cut those off. Amen? And so he leads us here. Here's what happens. You need to understand this tonight. I, I was having a conversation in a Bible study a few weeks ago. We were walking through this. Um, we, we have individuals in this room that, were, that have been delivered from addiction. Is that correct? Raise your hand if you've been delivered from addiction, from drug addiction. Quite a few people. Now, if I were to ask any one of you, I would, I would venture a guess that you would tell me the first time you took drugs, you had zero intention of becoming an addict. Is that a fair statement? You didn't, you didn't say, well, you know what? I think I want to become an addict, so I'm going to try this. It usually starts with entertaining the substance. When I was younger, I don't know if they still use the term. When I was younger, they called marijuana a gateway drug. And uh, now it's legal. <laughs> But I, this isn't to talk about drug addiction. It's to talk about the power of an unclean spirit, okay? And addiction is an example of how an unclean spirit will work. At first, someone is choosing, right? They're choosing. Of their own will, they stop. But then they go back again. They're responding to an unclean spirit. Their human flesh is responding to an... They're not warring against flesh and blood. We war against... There's these different dimensions and levels of spiritual authority. All right? When Paul talked about we war against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places, those are all different dimensions of governmental spiritual authority. And so when we fellowship sin... We are fellowshipping unclean spirits. All right. You say, well, I thought it's just my flesh. Well, your flesh is being enticed. Right. James said, no man, when he is right, when, he, when we sin, we're, 
God doesn't cause us to lust. We lust because of our own desires, right? He's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And then lust, when it's conceived, brings forth sin. And sin, when it's conceived, brings forth death. Now, no one thought, I'm going to give in to my fleshly desire because I want to die. But unclean spirit said, you know what? I'm going to appeal to their fleshly desire. Temptation. There's the word I was looking for. No man, when he's tempted, he's tempted of God. But temptation comes from our own desires. Okay? It's why God could tempt one person with drugs. Or God. It's why the adversary could tempt one person with drugs, but the adversary would not tempt me with drugs. Different lusts and different desires. Right? You may have had to overcome a desire for drugs. I had to let God crucify something in me that had a desire for business. And you say, well, that's different. It's different, but sin is sin. One no better, no worse than the other. See, that's what the world wants us to do is qualify our sin. Okay? And so what happens is one fellowships that which is in their own desire. Okay? And the longer I fellowship it, I fall into this deception. I'm in control. I'm in control. I'm in control. I control when I take the drugs. They don't control me. I make the. Sh- I call the shots on the job. The job doesn't own me. So you can feel in all. It. Heart's desire. That's what. That's what temptation appeals to, the desire of my heart. And so, it starts with just entertaining. I entertain it. I'll entertain. Here we are. We may not get to where I thought we were going tonight. I entertain working a few extra hours to pick up the extra cash. Not saying there's something wrong with that. As long as I'm not being tempted of some desire in my heart that I'm starting to respond to more and more and more and more and more. And then I cross the line from wanting to make a little extra cash to where now it becomes a spirit of greed. See how subtle that can be? And I'm using that example because I don't want you to just hang up on drugs as an example. We keep, there's different. And so what happens is this enticement takes place, and I respond because it appeals to my flesh. Spiritual influence. And so I entertain it. I entertain it. I entertain it. I entertain it. Is it any wonder that most of our desires are portrayed in the Hollywood industry. Cars, houses, possessions, fame, fortune, things. What The entertainment industry. Let me get you to entertain these things. And so we begin to entertain unclean spirits. I'm not saying there's anything wrong. If you have a nice house, nice car, God bless you. We entertain these things, and we're in control. But the longer I entertain them, I begin to give up control. Right? Now, I have to have it. Now, I've 
I've got to have the extra work, the extra overtime, the extra job. Now I've, I've got to have the drug more often. Now I've got to have this fixed. Now I've got to, and you can fill in the blank, right? It's, it's what happens to people with drugs, alcohol, money, pornography, fornication. You, you can just keep going down the list. It all starts as entertainment of an unclean spirit. And so at first I entertain. Now here's where, here's where it goes from entertainment. First it's just my flesh. But then after entertaining the unclean spirit a while, now it weighs on and, genu- and continually affects my emotions and feelings. How I feel about myself, how I feel about others, what I think. Right Now it's starting to affect my soul, the seed of emotions. All right. And now I'm no longer choosing by my flesh, but this unclean spirit is influencing my emotions. I'm not spiritually possessed by this unclean spirit, but this unclean spirit now has access. You with me? It has access. And so the unclean spirit comes different times of day or night. I'll wake up and where'd that thought come from? How in the, why am I? What's happened? Somewhere I've opened a door through entertainment. And now the unclean spirit, I've given them freedom of access. And I find myself giving in more and more and more. And I don't even realize I'm giving in more and more because the gradual progression just, I don't even recognize it happening, right? But I'm yielding more and more to an unclean spirit. You with me? And over time, what happens is now I have no control. No control. And the unclean spirit has all control. And then I begin making decisions. I'm not even making my own decisions. That spirit has such influence in my life that I, all of my decisions are based around satisfying that need. I was walking through this concept in a Bible study. And because I was walking through it and the person had been dealt with but been delivered from drug addiction, they were like, that's drugs. I wasn't using those examples. They're like, I'm like, exactly right. That's why people need deliverance, not 12 steps. All right? And so the desire of the adversary, right? Lucifer was kicked out of heaven because iniquity was found in him. Right? Iniquity was found in him. What was iniquity? Iniquity was his will rather than the will of God. That's why he was kicked out of heaven. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. But he doesn't get second chances. He was created to do what God wanted him to do. See, it's, it's different for you and I. If iniquity's in us, as long as we're living, we have an opportunity to allow God who died for all of our iniquities... We have an opportunity to come to him and let him deal with us. And then we give up our will to do his will. And we get a lifetime to do that. 
But if we don't, when we stand before him, he may say, in my name you cast out devils, in my name you healed the sick, in my name you raised the dead, but I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. You did what you wanted to do rather than what I wanted you to do. Iniquity. You see the difference? Satan had iniquity found in him. He was cast out. You and I get a lifetime. But if iniquity is found in us, we don't enter in. And so we entertain an unclean spirit. An individual entertains an unclean spirit long enough, then that unclean spirit now directs their life. And they are. And what's happening? The adversary wants to be like God. God desires to be the king in my life and yours. Right? The kingdom of God is not here or there. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is my heart and yours. Whoever is king is the one who rules. Amen? The king rules. Whoever's ruling, it's their kingdom. That's where the king has dominion, where he rules. God is a good king. He will not come and take over he waits for you to vacate the throne. He waits for me to vacate the throne. And if I willingly submit my life and say, God, I don't want to make the decisions anymore. I want you making them. I want you choosing, not me. I want you directing my life, not me. I want you. I, I'm submitted to your will, not my will. What I'm doing is I'm saying you can be. I want you to be king of my life. That's what I'm praying when I say your kingdom come. You have dominion in my thoughts. You have dominion in my choices. You have dominion in my actions, God. You have dominion in where I go and where I don't go. You have dominion in who I speak to. You have dominion in every area of my life. And here's the thing. When God has dominion, I'm going to walk according to his word. But the adversary is not like God. He's not like God. He's not equal to God. He's no, not comparative to God. But he wants to be like God. And so the adversary wants to be king. The adversary wants to rule and reign in hearts. But the adversary doesn't wait for permission. The adversary seeks to take kingdoms. He's the God of this world. And so if he can get a life under spiritual influence long enough and will continue to yield to that influence, it's why the music industry is so powerful. People don't even realize nonstop they're feeding and listening to spiritual influence. And I'm going to say this. I don't care if the lyrics are right. The spirit can still be wrong. I'm going to say that again. I don't care if the lyrics are right. The spirit can still be wrong. That needs to register for somebody. 
Bible for that? There was a woman following the apostles around the streets of a city saying, these men be the servants of the Most High God that show unto us the way of the Lord. These men be the servants of the Most They kept doing it. Finally, the apostle, or, yeah, the apostle Paul had enough. He put up with her saying that as long as he could. Well, but, but what? The words are right. Spirit was wrong. Finally, he had enough. Come out, you unclean spirit. Came out. See, when we are filled with the whole... I can tell we're not going here tonight. When we are... I hope this is okay. This is just instruction. We need to understand things we deal with in our world. We, when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, we need to trust the Holy Ghost to direct our lives. That's what it is to be led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit doesn't mean, okay, God, where next? Now, that may be part of it. But being led by the Spirit means I'm walking through my day and hold on. Oh, so I got to check there. I, I need to pause. Or shut that off. There's times, not so much lately. They're older. But there's times I would get in the vehicle. My kids would be listening to Christian radio. And I'm like, I don't know what they're calling that, but please turn it off. It would just grate on my spirit. It would grate on my spirit. Don't want to hear it. What is that? I'll tell you what that is. It's what we talked about last week. It's the spirit of Egypt trying to come into the church. And says, I'll tell you what. I'll sing songs with Christian lyrics, but I'll use the elements and instrumentation and all of the things of the world to produce it. And the Spirit is the Spirit of the God of this world. I don't care what the words are. And so we need discernment as children of God filled with the Holy Ghost to say, you know what? The words may be good, but it, it doesn't. I believe that for some of you, you're going to hear some, you're going to listen to something now, and you go, "This is what Elder Hart was talking about." The Lord to give you, a, the Lord's given us awareness tonight. We need to recognize. Now, I'm going to get off of this kick in a second here. If there's any place that we should have separation unto God. It's in these things of music, video, entertainment industry. We should have clear lines. We should have clear lines. I'm not glad to tell you there's times in my life where I let those lines get blurred and the Lord had to deal with me. So you need to go back and reset some lines. I've had to do that. Thank God he dealt with me. And he was merciful. And that he's long-suffering. The long-suffering of God is salvation to us. But the scripture also tells me that the long-suffering of God, it will be damnation to some. Because the scripture says because judgment doesn't come speedily, people begin to think it's not going to come. And mistake the long-suffering of God for the approval of God. We need the Holy Ghost to discern the difference. Amen? 
So, in short, regarding all that, don't listen to stuff you shouldn't listen to. Don't watch stuff you shouldn't show. If it's not pleasing to God, stop. Amen? Turn it off. If you can't turn it off, throw it away. Well, that's what we used to do. You can't do that anymore. It's on your phone. Delete all the files, I guess. I, I, I say throw it away. I, I remember this. I'll give you an, an example. My sister and I were teenagers. We had a cassette tape. Some of you don't even know what that is. We, we had a cassette tape that we shouldn't have had. And the Lord was gracious and dealt with us. And I remember her and I pitching that overboard. We were on a ship, of all places. We were on a, really a ferry. Uh, and coming from Alaska back down to Washington to head. And uh, it was the Alaska ferry. I remember her and I pitching that overboard in the water. And so, you want scripture for that? You know, you can read in the book of Acts that when people were filled with the Holy Ghost and they came to the Lord, the Bible says they brought all these books of curious arts and things. They had, they had all these books that were not godly. They were books that they entertained other things besides God. It says they brought all of them together. They didn't give them to goodwill. They didn't want somebody else to get them. They didn't sell it on offer up, hoping to get a few bucks, even though they didn't believe in it anymore. They weren't wanting to pawn it off to somebody. They burnt them. 50,000 pieces of silver worth, the Scripture says. We're not going to do this, but I imagine what would happen if we said, hey, why don't we all go through our houses and get all of our books, all any CDs, DVDs, if you still have those things laying around. And if it's not pleasing to God, let's have a bonfire out here in the middle of November. See, those things we entertain, and it's the entertainment of unclean spirits. So what's happening there? Back on track here. When we entertain those unclean spirits over time, the adversary is seeking to take up kingdom authority in a life. That's where it goes from spiritual influence to spiritual possession. Now the adversary is governing a life. That's his, that's his goal. That's how he could be like God. I'll rule and reign in somebody's heart. Starts in the flesh. Makes its way to the soul. Ultimately gets in the spirit of a man. That's why it's called spirit possessed. You with me? He's trying to emulate what God does when he fills us with the Holy Ghost. The difference is when God fills us with the Holy Ghost, the only way he takes control is if I let him. I'm filled with his spirit, but he still doesn't take control unless I let him. The adversary wants to take up residence in a life, and then he doesn't ask for control. He takes it. You see the contrast, but you see how the adversary tries to be like God. This is why we need separation and putting a difference between clean and unclean. 
if I'm entertaining the unclean, I can't expect the Spirit of God to operate through me to deliver a life from that unclean thing. Amen? This is important tonight. This is important. And so, we'll get to Ezekiel another time. Sometimes when, I'm finishing here. When we talk about holiness and separation unto God. In my life growing up. In, in my 50 years of living. There's been many times where it was taught in such a hard way, a demanding way. Um, not always, not always, just at times. And I, I can honestly say I never had a pastor that taught it that way. Thank God. But I know of, I know of friends that did have pastors that taught it that way, and it, it just caused them to bow their back and run. Because they didn't understand the relationship part. Okay. But even if it was taught hard, that's not an excuse to go to the unclean. At least it was taught. Amen. At least it was taught. And so we have to put a difference. Romans 8 tells us, and we may come back here some other time, but I feel like I want to share this. Uh, it's where I thought we would end tonight, and we're ending there. We just never got all the precursor to it. We just got there differently. Romans chapter 8 says, in verse number 20, not 20, 19, Um, or go to 13. Romans 8, 13. This is sort of that progression we were talking about. If you live after the flesh, what? Pretty straightforward. Right? If you live after the flesh, you'll die. We just took some time tonight and walked through the progression. If you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if you, through the Spirit, this is so important. So important. Not through self-discipline. Here's the problem with self-discipline. Self-discipline says, look how good I am. Look how well I've done Self-disciplined. I disciplined myself. I'm going to tell you, if we have a walk in relationship in the Spirit with God, it didn't happen through self-discipleship. It was a work of the Spirit of God. Now, I understand the term self-discipline, and you need to have disciplines in your life. But you need to understand what the Scripture says. If you, through the Spirit... You can't do this the way it has to be done without the Spirit of God operating in your life. 
If you through the Spirit do mortify or kill the deeds of the flesh or of the body, you'll live. This mortification of deeds of the body happens through the Spirit operating in my life. How does it do it? Does the Spirit go, you know what? You got, you got fleshly deeds. I'm going to kill that one. I'm going to kill that one. No. No. The Spirit of God lives in me, and I begin to obey the Spirit of the Lord. And I obey the Spirit. And the more I obey the Spirit and deny the flesh... Because I'm obeying the Spirit, the deeds of the body begin to die. They're mortified. Why are they mortified? Because I'm not feeding them anymore. Okay? So this is through the Spirit. When I start being led by the Spirit, if we go back other verses and we're not for sake of time tonight, we see it starts as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Same chapter, same context. So I begin to follow the Spirit when I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And by following and obeying the Spirit of God in me, it begins to mortify the deeds of my body. But what we try to do sometimes is I want to be led by the Spirit when it benefits me, but I want to feed my flesh when it benefits me. Okay? Read quick. Everybody wants to go home. Verse 14. Oh, there it is. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's the context. Verse 15. You have not, this is important, stand with me. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. What's he talking about? The spirit of bondage. Is that from God? No. He's drawing a comparative to what we've been brought out of. People that were under spiritual influence that was a spirit of bondage. And he's trying to draw this contrast. When you're filled with the Spirit of God and led by the Spirit of God, it's not like the bondage you came out of. He's a good master. So he, you don't have to respond to him out of a place of fear. The adversary took you to a place where you had fear, and so he controlled you with fear. But when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you ha- he was telling the church, you haven't received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption. This isn't bondage. This is relationship. You've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Isn't that beautiful? Anybody know what Abba means? It's like an intimate term, dad, daddy. It's closer. You might know what father means. So is the Apostle Paul redundant? Now, I, I'm just going to tell you, and this isn't picking on you if you do this. I have, I'm, I'm, I've heard some people, no one here. If you, again, I'm not picking on you if you do this. This is not fault finding. I, I've heard people pray, Jesus, daddy. Now, I'm, I'm okay with that if they have the liberty to do. I, I haven't. That's difficult for me. It's almost. I, that, I. Again, I'm not making fun. It's just for me from a reverential place. It's like I don't even. I. I. I yeah. I. It's even awkward for me to talk about it. In case you couldn't tell. And again, I'm not picking on somebody that does that. You understand? Now, 
I, I guess because it says, Abba, I can pray that. Um, but it, here's what I want us to see here quickly. We receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Dad, Father. What, was he being, he was helping us see something. He was helping us see something. Abba is the intimate, personal relationship. Daddy, Dad. Father is reverential, submitted, obedient to you, my Father. And so the Apostle Paul was saying, when you start following the Spirit of God, He's not taking you back into a bondage relationship like you came out of when you were following unclean spirits and the God of this world. See, some people serve God that way, like he's getting ready to club them with a big stick. But he's adopting you, and so you're going to walk when you're led by the spirit. The spirit of adoption, it's going to have this, I don't want to call it dual nature. That's not the right words, but it's got these dual parts. The one is an intimate relationship. That's the Abba. The other is a submitted reverential relationship, obedient to the will of the Father. Son, clean up your room. Okay, Dad. Son, I love you. I love you too, Dad. That's the two sides. Abba and Father. And the thing is, some people just want the Abba side. And then there's some people who just know how to live on the Father's side. It's both. Verse, I'm finishing. Verse 16. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. Verse 18. For I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory. Everybody say the glory. glory. Which shall be revealed where? Okay, so here's where we're getting to. All that tonight for this right here. The glory will be revealed in us. Is he going to reveal his glory to someone that's fellowshipping clean and unclean? Why would he reveal his glory to the world through an unclean vessel? And let me tell you why this is such a big deal. Because Lucifer when he was fulfilling his role and responsibility in heaven, he reflected the glory of God. He ushered in the glory of God, and he wanted the glory of God. And now there's you and I who are made lower than the angels, but he's going to reveal his glory. I love that. And the adversary hates it. God is taking you and I who are lower than the angels. You know, Lucifer was an angel. We're lower than the angels. But he's going to reveal his glory through us. Now watch. Final verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature... That's creation, mankind, waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. So the Lord is saying, separate holy unto me, 
put a difference between clean and unclean. Don't fellowship and entertain unclean spirits because I'm wanting to manifest myself through your life and all of creation is waiting for that. God's wanting to manifest himself. He's going to do it through us. He's going to do it through a church that's separated, set apart, holy unto God. Led by the Spirit of God. In intimate relationship and an obedient, reverential relationship with God. Amen? Why don't we pray tonight? Come on, talk to the Lord. Ye loro robo siti ete ye kitahaye. Ilamando robo si atahaye. Ki araramasi olobo satahaye. Iliene ye kitando lobo si atahaye. Ilamatahaye. You want to talk with the Lord? Talk with the Lord right now. Fellowship Him. If there's things He's illuminated in your life tonight where you've been fellowshipping the unclean, then let the blood of Jesus wash over. Submit yourself to his word and his spirit and allow the spirit of God and the blood of Christ to begin to wash. That's the beautiful thing. He doesn't bring these things to our attention to condemn us. He brings them to our attention so that he can deliver us. In the name of Jesus, if you need a prayer of repentance, turn your pew into an altar. This altar's open to you. Don't walk out just acknowledging, submit to the Lord tonight, submit to his spirit, submit to his word, find a place and talk with him. Let the light of his word and spirit work in your heart. Let your conversation and mind be honest with him in Jesus name. If it's a prayer of repentance, then let it be in Jesus name, in Jesus name. When as you're praying and you're talking to the Lord. I want to speak to some tonight. One of the greatest avenues by which unclean spirits come and go in a life is through an avenue of unforgiveness. If you harbor unforgiveness or resentment or bitterness, that's an open door. It's an open door. I, that door has to be closed. Some of you here, you're going, man, I'm trying to stop opening that door. I'm trying to stop entertaining these things. But it seems like I can't. The harder I try, the more difficult it becomes. For some of you, it's needing to find a place and pray a prayer of forgiveness and releasing unforgiveness, releasing bitterness, releasing resentment. And when you do so, it begins to close that door of access that the unclean spirit would use. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, talk with him. Talk with him. It's still early. It's still early. The Holy Ghost is drawing us closer to him. The Lord's desire is to work through us to manifest himself. And so he's inviting us into deeper abiding relationship. He's inviting us to separate from the things of Egypt holy unto him that his glory would be revealed in us. 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Make us aware, Father. Make us aware, Father, by your word, by your love. Make us aware, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, I don't want to justify. I don't want to justify fellowship with an unclean spirit. I don't want to justify entertaining unclean spirits. Jesus, I need the strength that comes from your spirit. I want to be obedient to your voice, obedient to your spirit. Because you love me, you proved your love for me. I pray the grace of God enable us, the enabling grace of God to do what we cannot do ourselves. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' holy name. In Jesus' holy name. Come on, the adversary always, often, I shouldn't say always, often has a pattern of taking the word of God and twisting it so that people will believe a lie. And the adversary often, you'll hear phrases like, well, the Lord loves me like I am, and that's all that matters. It's true the Lord loves us as we are, but that's not all that matters. It's the love of God that draws us to himself. It's the love of God that deals with our heart tenderly. It's the love of God that shows us a way out. It's the love of God that has made a way out. It's the love of God that has empowers us and gives us victory. It's the twisting in our day that the adversary does, even the twisting of grace. Well, I'm, I'm you know, I'm saved by grace. True. I'm saved by grace through faith. Through faith. Faith. And faith without works is dead. I'm saved by grace through faith. What is grace? Paul addressed it very clearly. He said, where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. He wasn't saying grace covers sin. That's the deception. He was saying where there's sin, 
There's more grace. And grace enables you to overcome sin. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. God's never going to give sin a greater place than he gives his grace. Somebody needs to hear that. God's never going to allow sin to have a greater place than his grace. But we as men and women can choose to give sin more place than grace. Paul followed it with this question. Shall I continue in sin so that grace may abound? God forbid. What was he saying? Just because there's grace doesn't mean I'm going to continue in sin. Grace leads me out of it. Grace enables me. It gives me a way out. I couldn't get out myself. I don't stand here tonight like, oh, I'm free from sin by my own doing and my goodness. Nothing further from the truth than that. I'm here free from sin because of the grace of God operating in my life, working in my life. And the moment the grace of God stops operating, I'm going to fall right back into sin. It's His grace that enables me. It's the grace of God. You say, you really believe that? You believe you'll fall back into sin? The mo- Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I've not arrived here of my own doing, and I'm not going to stay in a place of freedom from sin of my own doing. I haven't got it figured out to where I can stay free from sin. It's the grace of God operating daily, moment by moment in my life. It's the reason the writer of Hebrews called the Holy Ghost the Spirit of Grace. Amen. Grace is not a license to sin. That's the deception the adversary's placed. Grace does not cover up my sin so that God doesn't look at it anymore. That's a deception that the adversary's created. He wants us to come out. Be separate. Touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. Amen. Praise God. Aren't you thankful that he loves us so much? That he would deal with us so clearly. Amen. Can we thank him together tonight? Jesus, you are great and greatly to be praised. I thank you for your grace. It is sufficient in my weakness, God. Your strength is perfected. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Lead us by your spirit. Lead us by your spirit. Lead us, I pray, holy God, by your spirit. Let great grace be upon the people of God. Let great grace work in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. Let the love of God bring conviction and clarity. Let the love of God operate according to your will and your purpose in us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name.
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You can walk in victory over unclean spirits. By the blood of the Lamb, by the grace of God, operate in your life when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Praise God. God bless you. You're dismissed in the precious, powerful name of Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.